Thank you, choir. I'm glad God is faithful, aren't you? He's more faithful than I ever will be. He is more faithful than I could ever hope to be. Thank God for His faithfulness. Every morning is a new day. Here we are on a Sunday. Never will be another Sunday like this Sunday. Those of us who are here today will never be in this setting again, ever, as long as we live. In this setting. Time is swiftly passing by. And I wonder, what are we doing with our time? Where has time gone? Tomorrow is uh, Lynn and I's 46th anniversary, and I'm thinking, where in the world is that time gone? You know, as we reflected back this weekend on early years before we had youngins, and of course before we had grand youngins, what did we do with our time? I mean, we were out of high school, we were out of college, and doing what we do. It's amazing that God continues to bless even when we don't deserve it. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to the to uh, Second Peter. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. We're going to talk about staying alert in a sleepy world. Staying alert in a sleepy world. 2 Peter chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance that you may be mindful of the works which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of, of us, the, the apostles, of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking about, walking after their own lust, and saying, where is the promise of this coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of. And by the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth were are now, which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire, against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack. Concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but his long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with great noise, and the elements shall melt with vervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Father, speak to our hearts concerning our weaknesses, concerning our uh, don't care attitude. Lord, help us today to see what you would have us to see. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. You may be seated. The human mind is a wonderful thing when it's working properly. <laughs> if and when it's working properly. And I've had it said to me before, you have said it to others before, what in the world were you thinking? Well, if we'll be honest, the, qu- the answer to that is, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't thinking. Well, what were you thinking when you wasn't thinking? You know, an idle mind is the devil's workshop, right? And so what were we thinking when we were not thinking? Now, when I think about this, you know, everybody is ignorant on some subjects. Some of us are ignorant because we don't want to learn. Some people are ignorant because they can't learn. And others are ignorant because of certain situations in their life. I wish I could say I know everything. (laughs) I wouldn't be here, would I? You know, I know a lot of stuff, but there's some things I don't know about. And so I must rely and depend on somebody else to show me or show me a better way. Some folks don't want you showing them anything. Uh, I once knew a man, he's done passed on and left this world now. He thought he knew everything. Well, he does know everything now. But uh, I would say something. He said, oh, yeah, I used to do that. Or I'd make mention about going somewhere. Oh, yeah, I done been there. I mean, no matter what I said, where I've been, what I've done, and what I could do, and I, oh, yeah, I've done all that. Well, you know, he knows, he knows those things now, that's for sure. Well, when we think about this, think about our, our minds. The Bible calls these people... These scoff, they call, he calls them scoffers, ignorant folk. They know everything they think, but they don't know the basic things, okay? Some of you sitting right here this morning have never invited Jesus into your heart, but you think you know everything. I know the scriptures. Hey, I'm at church. I mean, what else do I need? You need Jesus living in your life. Hello? You need Jesus. You need to invite him into your heart. You need to ask him to forgive you of your sins and make Pete, let others know, hey, I've been saved and follow the Lord in baptism. Unless you do, hey, there is a devil's hell waiting on you, my friend. And you don't have to go. You'll go there because of your ignorance. I may make mention of this again, but in verse 4, uh, the East Scopper said, well, where is the promise? I mean, he said he's coming. Where's the promise? He's not here yet. Why hasn't he come? I don't know. Jesus hadn't come because the Father hadn't told him to come. That's the only reason Jesus has not come. Jesus loves us. And he don't want to see us go to hell. That's why he died on the cross. He paid, listen, he paid for your sins and mine. If I had all the money in the world and brought it to the church and brought it to the altar and said, God, I'm giving you this so you will give me my salvation. (laughs) It wouldn't get it. It wouldn't get it. It's already been paid. You know, occasionally, Lynn and I will be somewhere and we go to to pay and uh, someone, uh, whoever is taking the money there, they say, "Uh, yours has already been taken care of. And most of the time, have no idea who done it. And Lynn worries herself to death. Well, I, I, I need to know who done that so I can do something back. I said, don't worry about it. God knows who done it. And probably you done done something for them. More than likely. 
We fret over things we should not fret over. But we need to be, we need to make sure, hey, we're saved, we're blood bought, we are ready to go. Now, I want us to think about this title. Staying alert in a sleepy world. Now, I'm talking about spiritually sleepy. I'm not talking about physically sleepy. Some of you may be physically sleepy this morning. And listen, it don't bother me. Listen to me. It don't bother me if you're this way and that way and up this way. and I, That don't bother me because I used to do the same thing. I could not stay awake. Lynn says that's the reason God called you to preach because you couldn't stay awake in the service. And then I had a dream of all things that I was preaching away and went to sleep in the pulpit. And when I woke up, there was only a handful of people sitting there. And I said, what are y'all doing? They said, we're waiting on you to wake up and finish the sermon. Thank God that was a dream. I mean, but listen, many people today are asleep spiritually. They're wide awake physically, but spiritually they are asleep. Listen to me. If you're lost right now, your soul is what's lost, okay? Your soul is what's going to be cast into hell. Now, you need to wake your soul up. God's doing all he can. He's already paid the price. He's already spoken to you more than likely through somebody that you need to be saved. All they're trying to do, all we're trying to do is wake you up spiritually where you can get ready to go to heaven. So what what do we do? Staying alert in a sleepy world um, spiritually. And I don't have to tell you things are bad in our nation. Things are bad in the world. I mean, I don't know how they could get any worse. They could get closer. Hey, it's just Charlotte's not that far away. It could get closer. What are you going to do? How are you going to stand when that scoffing crowd shows up in our town? How are you going to stand? Are you going to let them know, hey, I'm saved. I'm on the side of the Lord. And we need to stop this, okay? Well, you know, I'm ignorant on a lot of things, but just listening to the news, when it says it's okay to, uh, to ha- uh, have a riot, you can, you can do that, or a protest, not a riot, a protest. You can protest, you can march, what have you, but there's certain laws. Who ever heard of such a thing? That's crazy. Especially when people get out of hand and go to breaking in people's businesses and, and stealing their stuff. What, what's, that's nothing can, good can come out of that. It talks about here the thief will come as a thief, as a, uh, that Jesus will come as a thief in the night. Recently, we had a break-in on our place, okay? Big equipment sitting there, a lot of tools, and they broke in. They walked in because they didn't bother the gate that had a combination lock on it. They walked in, cut the lock off of the trailer, stole all manner of tools out of it. Well, when it was discovered, hey, you know, they don't tell how long it had been. No telling how long it had been. But people, listen, people, the devil's crowd is watching your place and my place. And they know, they keep a watch on us. The thief's going to come when you're not expecting it. When I'm not expecting it. Had we been expecting it, we would have been there and met the thief, okay? Not many of us have the opportunity to meet the thief. But on that hand, talking about the thief, if you're lost, you're on the thief's side. 
The Bible says in John's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so if you are lost, you're on the thief's side. Now listen, church family, listen to those of you who are saved. You don't have to know this, but it is very possible you're sitting next to a thief right now. Very possible. Because if that person's lost, they're a thief, okay? They are robbing God of blessings that he wants to give. What do we do in a world that is spiritually asleep? Listen to this. I, I got three simple points if you're writing. We need to stay focused on and know that God's word is true. It's true. Now, I'm satisfied, okay? I'm going to be the first to admit, all right? I don't want you raising your hands. But if I ask you this question, how many of you could not raise your hand? I've never, ever told a lie. We're human. We may not mean to. I say sometimes, just don't, don't give them no information. Let them ask you. Well, is that right or is that wrong? If I'm asking you some information, I want the information. Okay? When we think about uh, God's word is true. Uh, I'm not going to reread these, uh, these verses uh, but one, verses 1 through 4 has to do with how true God's word is. Sometimes we as Christians, we get lazy concerning the word of God. We get lazy. What I mean by that is we fail to read it. You know our excuse? Well, I just don't have time. I, I mean, I'm just so busy. I, I don't have time to pick up God's word and read it every day. Oh, I'll read it occasionally. But I don't have time to do it every day. I mean, you know, I got... I got bigger and better things to do. You know what I see a lot of elderly, and I'm getting close to that, a lot of elderly, weak folk doing? They'll be sitting around reading the Bible. How come young folk, middle-aged folk, how come they don't do that? We say we don't have time. God's word is real. God's word is true. God's word is pure. God's word is precious. God's word is powerful. And God's word is for you and for me, even in this day in which we are living. Now listen, we get lazy concerning his word. Uh, his word is pure. In fact, uh, so Peter says, I want to stir up. Look what he says. The pure mind by way of remembrance, stirring up our pure minds, the mind we, when we accepted Christ, and maybe we have gotten slack. You know, it's amazing. You don't have to tell me, I'm an adult, you don't have to tell me when I'm doing wrong, you don't have to tell me if I'm committing sin. So therefore, I, I shouldn't have to tell you as an adult, hey, the life you're living is not pleasing to God, even though you know it, and I know it. So why don't we do something about it? Oh, I don't want to embarrass my family. I don't want to embarrass my friends. You realize this morning, that's why some people sitting right here today will not come forward and accept Christ as their Savior. They want to be embarrassed. I've heard, I've seen people come that's been in church most of their life and say, look, I've been playing church. I've never been saved. And I'm coming this morning. And you, you know what the whole crowd, most crowd, well, I thought they were. I mean, they've always been, I thought they were. Listen, if you don't ask a person, how are you going to know? 
So don't get mad. Don't get upset. Don't get in the flogging stage if I say, have you been saved? I don't care if you ask me. It's okay. We don't ask people. Just because I preach, just because you sing in the choir or take up the offering or, or anything you do in this, in this church house don't mean you're saved. I mean, go back and pick it up wherever it was and let God stir up the things that's in your mind that you know to be right and you know to be wrong. So, because, you see, God's Word is true. Now, what we got to do, we got to pay attention um, to it and take it seriously because Peter's serious here. He said, I want to stir up those things in your mind. Or as what he's saying, I believe, I want to get you back on track. You're God's child and you're pretty faithful, but you have, you have slowly gotten off track. I asked a man one time, was he saved? He said, yes, sir, I am. I said, where do you go to church? Well, he sort of, well, I, 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 sometime I go over here to this church, and sometime I go over yonder to that church. Sometime I go down yonder. I said, well, where's your membership? Well, he said, I, I don't have one. I, I, just, I just go wherever Spirit leads me. I think you're running from God. I think folk need to get tied in with a good Bible preaching, teaching, singing gospel church and get, get in there and go to work. Get to know one another. Fellowship with each other. Go out to eat together. Go witnessing together. Do anything it takes to get people saved. We're not going to be here long. It's going to be over with. And all that I've done for Jesus is the only thing that's going to count. I can take every one of you out to eat one at a time. So what? You got a free meal. So what? But what are we doing for each other on the spiritual side? Are we helping stir up the gifts that's within us? You know, we need to help new Christians. You know why? Because they're Satan's biggest target. They've just turned around and Satan's right there saying, you messed up. People don't love you. They don't care. They made a big fuss over you walking forward this morning. But, hey, they don't care nothing about you. They don't care about you. They don't care if you got saved or not. Best thing you can do is to stick with me. Hey, you know what I am. You know what I've done for you. You see where you are in life. You got a good job. You you got a good education. You got a vehicle. You got a place to live. You see what I've done for you. He's a liar. The Bible says he is the father of lies. You want to hang around with a thief? You want to hang around with a liar? If you're lost, that's what you're doing. But you don't have to do that. You know, as far back as... um, Enoch, God warned of judgment that was coming. In Genesis chapter 5, verse 24, it says, Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. You know what was about to happen before Enoch was taken? God had done, had it up to here with the world. God had been preparing an ark through Noah. And just prior to it pouring rain and the flood coming, God chose to take Enoch out of here. A good man of God, he chose to take him out so he wouldn't have to go through all of this. You know, I, I, I recall that to recall up to today. The church, not talking about this building, I'm talking about people who are saved 
people who are saved, if we're saved today, we will not go through the great tribulation. Mark it down. Some preachers say, oh, you're going to have to go through at least half of it. Why should I go through half of it? If I won't go through half of it, I might as well go through all of it. But God says, I'm taking you out of here. Now, scripture is there in 1 Thessalonians 4, 14 through 17. Real simple. God's real simple on this. He don't get complicated. He said, I don't want you to be ignorant. There's that word again, ignorant. I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be unlearned. I want you to know. He says, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, I don't want you to be uh, sorrowful, even at others who have no hope. If you're lost this morning, there is no hope for you except Jesus. And unless you accept him, it's going to be all over one day, and you're going to be as a thief in the night. He's going to come. He's going to snatch you up. He's going to cart you off and introduce you to hell. He says, for if we believe in Je- that Jesus died and rose again, them also who sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Thank God we're going to be out of here, all right? We're, we're either going through death. I don't think I'm going to be caught up in a chariot of fire. I don't think God's just going to reach down to take me out of here without going through death or what have you. But if he don't soon come, I will go by way of the grave. And then when he comes... He'll bring my soul back with him. My body will come out of that ground. A glorified body, not an ugly, broke down thing as you see here today. But it'll be a glorified body. We'll be joined back with that soul. I will go to be with Jesus and I'll be there forever. I don't have to go through that. Thank God I don't have to go through the great tribulation. But if you're lost and you're here, when Jesus comes back and gets the church, not the building, but the people, the saved people, then you're going to go through that great tribulation. It's going to be horrible. You don't have to. You can be saved today. Get it settled. Nail it down and make sure. Hey, I'm saved. I'm ready to go. No matter what comes, it don't mean we're going to have a good life. You see, these scoffers wanted to continue in their sinful life and, and, and have a parade also. You see, if our lifestyle, listen, if our lifestyle contradicts the Word of God, we have two choices. We either change our lifestyle or change the Word of God. And you can't change the Word of God. The Word of God is founded on the Holy Spirit of God who spoke to men and gave it to men. And we have it today, so you must change your lifestyle. All right? The Word of God is still light for our world today. So... Staying alert in, a, in, a, in the world that is sleeping spiritually, we need to realize that God's word is true. Secondly, we need to realize that God's work is consistent. Verses 5 through 7. Now, I'm not going to read that again, but throughout the, the ages, Peter names two events here in this portion of Scripture. He talks about the uh, creation and he talks about the flood. Okay? He talks about the creation. Uh, last evening... Uh, let's see, no, it wasn't last day, it was Friday evening. Uh, we have uh, Caleb's uh, two oldest children with us this weekend. They're in the nursery there with Lynn. And uh, we were out and nothing to do. They wanted a bonfire. Every time they come, they want a bonfire. Well, it's been so hot. So I told them I, I had all the old wood piled in this big fire ring and I got a bucket of water ready. And, and I said, okay, I said, come nine o'clock tonight. I said, the sun will be done gone, and maybe it'll cool down. I said, we'll have a bonfire, because they love to roast marshmallows, okay? So that's what we did. Well, when it was time to go in, we cut the lights out, 
And then we says, I want y'all to look up. Well, they began to look up. I said, what do you see? Stars. I said, look, they're all over here. They're here. I said, you know, God put those stars there. He hung those stars there. In his creation, he hung those things there. He hung the moon. He put the sun in place. <coughs> all the planets, he put them in place. It is amazing how everything rotates and evolves around the sun. Everything's just, just moving and going. and mo- What if God takes his hand off of his creation? There will be the, the most awful collision in space you have ever in your life experienced. And all that stuff were to come tumbling down and fall on the earth. He created it. Well, after creation, he put man here. He told them, he said, this is what I want you to do. And they chose not to do it. And, they, and the older they got, the worse they got. One generation after another got worse and worse and worse. And so God said, look, I, I'm going to have to do something. Y'all not listening? You, you're just not listening? And so he spoke and Noah listened and Noah built an ark. And only eight people got on that ark. Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their wives. As far as human beings, that's all there was on the ark. That's all that got saved. Can you imagine a whole world of people and only eight people got saved because they got on the ark? We can't dilly around, y'all. We've got to make sure we're on that ark of safety, and that's Jesus Christ. All those who refused to, to listen to Noah and get on that ark, they perished. Where are they, preacher? They're in hell. Bible says hell hath enlarged herself. Why does hell enlarge herself? Because there's more people going to hell than there are heaven. Jesus had more to say about hell than he did about heaven. Because he's warning. It's dangerous. You don't want to go there. And as I looked at that fire ring and I looked at that fire, I said, I can't imagine living in torment day and after day after day where the Bible says where the worm dieth not. So we see God's word is true. God is consistent in his work. But thirdly, listen, God's will is merciful. Verses 8 through 10. He said, I don't want you to be ignorant of this one thing. You know, I think of how long Jesus, over 2,000 years ago, laid his life down on the cross and died for you and me over 2,000 years ago. But the Bible says a thousand years with the Lord now, is as one day. And our one day is as a thousand years. Time means nothing. But we're under the mercy of God right now, y'all. God is having mercy. Oh, he could come today. I could die. My life could end today. But he's having mercy. He's waiting on the lost to be saved because it's not his will that any perish and go to a devil's hell. Wouldn't it be awful for, for, for you to, let's say, let's say uh, you don't like this place and this place, several places you don't like to go, but you've discovered that somebody has bought you a month's worth of groceries, whatever you choose for one month, and they're going to pay for it. All you got to do is show up. What if at a certain gas station, they said, as long as he'll come in here for a year, we'll fill him up, and you fail to go. Can you imagine what you would lose in this world? What you would lose? I won't call his name for embarrassment reasons, but there is a gentleman in our church who told his family 
And he says, I have a gift for the preacher. But if he don't come see me, he don't get the gift. I had called him before I knew this about this gift, okay? I called him to wish him a happy birthday. Now, if you look back two or three Sundays, you can pick his name up out of the bulletin because I go to see him regularly. And when I got there, he said, oh, before you leave, I have a gift for you. He said, I told my family, if you didn't show up, you wasn't going to get it. I was glad I showed up. It's precious. I don't want him to tell you what it is. But it's something I will keep. I will keep until I leave this world. Because it's that precious to me. It's not for sale. It's not for me to even give away. Some people say, well, I'll keep this. But when he dies, I'll do what I want to with it. Help yourself. You're the one going to lose. You're the one going to be on the outside looking in. Just help yourself. God is merciful. Listen. Not only were they ignorant, these these scoffers ignorant of, of what God had done. But they were ignorant of what he was like. You see, we were created in the image of God. God wasn't created in our image. We were created in his image, but sin came along and marred that image. Now, you see, God is is eternal. And that simply means he has no beginning, he has no ending. God's always been. You and I had a beginning But there is no ending for us either. Now listen, if you're saved, you die today, you're going to heaven. Your life will never end. It'll always be in heaven, rejoicing, praising the Lord, enjoying the the beauty of God, enjoying the beauty of the Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit, all the beauty that the Bible talks about heaven is is there and what it's like, plus all that have gone before you who were saved, you're going to get to be reunited with them there's only two ways. The opposite that way is hell. I've heard, I've heard people say, well, I don't care. If I do go to hell, I'll be there with all my friends. Honey, you won't know it. The Bible said it is a place of outer darkness. I've been in places before you couldn't see your hand if you had it right against your face. Darkness. It's a place where they are chewing their tongues for the torment that they are in. Can you imagine being in hell right now and then being called out of hell to stand before that great white throne judgment and be judged because you you did not accept Christ and hear him say, I'm sorry, I don't know you. Depart from me. And you go back into hell. The Bible says that the devils in hell rise up when people show up to meet them in hell. I cannot imagine such a place. I beg you today, embarrassment or what, I'll be right down here at the front. I'll put my arms around you and love you and and help you to accept Christ as your Savior. It don't matter to me what it costs. If it costs me everything I got for you to be saved, I'm willing. It don't matter. It would beat you going to hell. And I beg you, if you if you've never accepted Christ, do that today. Come forward, make it public. Your church family will rejoice with you. And far as that goes, no, none of us know how many people are praying uh, for us that we become stronger Christians, and or that people would get saved. There's no telling. Your lifestyle, may I mention, your lifestyle 
Does it need to change? If it does, you're the only one that can, that can change it by allowing God to speak to you. Hey, living together, not married, that's against God. Do you not understand? You'll be judged for that. Get it settled. We had a lady come visit our church in Earl's Grove, and, and uh, I went to visit her. And I, I told her, I said, you need to, you need to be saved, and, and, and I'm here to help you. She said, well, if I get saved, then I need to get baptized, right? Yeah. And I need to join the church, right? Yeah. And then she says, and I'll have to get married, right? I said, well, you should. She said, well, I can't get married. She said, my first husband was killed, and I get a check off of him and said, if I get married, I lose my check. My, so what's God going to do with the situations that we bring up and think it's okay? With the situations we're living in and we think it's okay. It's not okay. God's against that kind of stuff. Jesus Jesus didn't die for a party, y'all. He died for sinners like you and me. He died that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Now listen, God's word is true. His work is consistent and his will is merciful. He is waiting on you. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Now listen to this. In which the heavens will pass away with great noise and the elements shall melt with vervent heat. I have heard people say, if the wrong person gets to the right button, they can destroy the world. No, they cannot. They may get to the right button. They may push the right button. But the destroying of this world lies in the hands of God. It'll be God who pushes the button. He talks about it right there. It's going to melt away with vervent heat. It lies in the possession of my God. But hey, us little guys down here, yeah, we can push a button. We can make something happen. But it'll be God who pushes the main button to destroy this world and everything in it. I believe this way. Some folk don't believe this. The flood was worldwide. Hello? Hello? It was worldwide. It wasn't just where Noah built the ark. I believe the entire earth was engulfed with water. And every soul died except those on the ark. Will you get on the ark today or are you going to just go ahead and perish and be in hell when it's over with? I beg you, I challenge you, obey the Lord today. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, speak to our hearts. God, I thank you for the, for the day that some lady in vacation Bible school told me about you and I invited you into my heart. God, I don't want to remember the lady, but I know she's in heaven today, Father, because of the kind of ladies we had in Mount Pisgah Baptist Church. God, I pray that you'd just watch over her as she's there with you. And Lord, I thank you for Pastor Sauls who took me under his wing and baptized me and got me started. Father, I just pray for our people today. Lord, help us to wake up spiritually. Help us to wake up spiritually and do what you've asked us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.